Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Pete here, and we have a filthy Neverborn infestation. The the natives of Malifaux. That's right. We're, we're finally doing them. Neverborn, how they're doing in GG3. And apparently we decided to go balls deep into Texas to find some Neverborn players. So uh, we got, of course, Dixon with us. But we got number one for a long time the number one number one player in the world in the Malifaux Vassal series and we got dog from Top Dog the signs the TO the main TO the, the guy that created the Malifaux holdown I'm call, I'm joking I'm joking it's the Lone Star Fold. Yeah, we got Andre and Doug uh, anybody <laughs> yeah and anybody that wants please for the love I want to see you all go to Top Dog the signs events I want to see you all there please Thank you. Yeah, I want to see them there too. Oh yeah, I yeah. want it to be the yeah. biggest event, Doug, in the United States this year. Oh yeah, hell yes. We're trending towards a pretty solid uh, thing. I mean, we're still what uh, four months out, and we got uh, fourteen tickets sold right now. I think we've got seven or eight different states we've got one canadian province and Ooh. i guess we also yeah. have puerto rico then <laughs> international <laughs> we we are international yep and uh what yeah we're talking about never born today we're gonna spend uh time just saying like how they are in each uh strategy which masters fits and feels good uh pick two of those and then we're gonna pick one master who tends to not do very well in that strategy. So that's another thing we're going to consider. So if you're a Neverborn player, this is definitely going to be a good one. But before we get into that, make sure that you guys are checking us out. You can do that on Twitter. You can go to the Rage Quit Wire Discord. Got the YouTube channel. Now that I finally got myself mostly moved into good old Kansas, uh, it should be putting out some more videos here relatively soon. I got a few, uh, few Vassal games kind of in the pipeline that I just got added up. And uh, finally, if you want to support us directly, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash ragequitwire. You can support us for as little as a dollar. And then if you don't want to do a subscription and you buy stuff from Weird, you can always just use our affiliation link, which is give us your money, please, thank you, dash weird.com slash ragequitwire. And that just helps us get goodies to go down to Texas and lose games. So <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo. Uh, I do want to point out, we have not given up on any of our other series. Uh, we do have the three-game series still going, mm-hmm. and we are working towards our nets. Uh, as as we as you guys can hear from this one, uh, or our next faction, uh, working now with somebody to get either Arcanist or get Explorers. Yep. So, yeah, we're, we're actually recording our last three-game series between Dixon and I uh, tomorrow morning. And then we have a couple people in the pipeline for the other factions for this kind of strategy discussion. 
and uh, finally mailed out all the giveaway goodies for the 200th episode. And I just want to say it is a pretty penny to send crap to New Zealand. I'm just going to say, say that. I was <laughs> like, good Lord, I'm glad this is only like a half, half pound worth of stuff. Jeebus. <laughs> but anyways, let's get into this thing. So, yeah, we got uh, a, I mean, you guys all have been playing Neverborn for quite a while. Dixon, we know you've played Neverborn for a long, long time. And Doug, I mean, I think you've been playing Neverborn since maybe what the game came out. I've I've only been playing since second edition. Okay, but uh, I get that's technically ten years this summer. So, oof. but Jesus. yeah, I started playing Neverborn late in second edition, and then have played a lot of uh, them pretty much primarily for uh, third oh my edition. God. Yeah, and Doug, so I don't know about as a TO and I, of course it depends on meta, but for some reason, I think Neverborn sometimes doesn't see a lot of numbers in a tournament. Usually you get like one or two occasional ones, but whereas you'll get other factions like Rezzers or 10 Thunders and all of a sudden you'll get like, you know, a half dozen of those. So why, why do you think some people shy away from the natives of Malifaux? Honestly, I think that they are not currently sitting in the strongest spot uh amongst factions there uh i mean under it would probably back me up on this one just nod your head and say yes no um no i was uh saying that i feel like neverborn aren't in the strongest spot uh where they're currently sitting um with the gaining grounds and with the masters that they have there's just some things they don't have tools to deal with they don't have a lot of anti-armor um a lot of them are very squishy and you got to be kind of play a little bit cagey with them a lot of the time. They're not always a straightforward huh. crew. I haven't had that problem, but I have heard that a lot. Like a lot. Everything that you said, literally. So I'm, I'm curious if it's a real life thing. Because like in, in Basel, I haven't seen that problem yet. Hmm. That's interesting. And Andre, I'm kind of curious, like, obviously... You, you play different than some people because I know you go, you, you, you kind of are known for being a very heavy alpha player. So do you like Neverborn because they kind of reward that sometimes? Or do you kind of just recognize that there are weaknesses and you just got to kind of guard those? I am of the belief that Neverborn <clears throat> is actually one of the weaker factions in the game. And for the reasons described, like our, like armor is just bloody everywhere. Like it just is. Um, and our answers to it are lacking, especially in what would people would normally consider our big damage departments. Like, Nakima hates Peacekeepers. She just can't deal damage. To them. <laughs> um, like, hmm. if, if I can just be like, oh, yeah, I know for some arbitrary reason that I'm going to flip severe and flip red for damage on my next two attacks, then, yeah, sure, you can kill a Peacekeeper. But for the most part, it's just like, all right, three damage, min, bounce, a damage. You're like, all right, cool. Uh, and all Scratching our, the paint. Like, exactly and so like all of our armor pin options are like on two three four ranged attacks and like that's just like not how you bring home w's and armor um so i do think it is an uphill battle for neverborn i think what neverborn do reward though are um mastery of positioning and mobility and trying to ask harder questions to your opponent than they are asking of you essentially like normally at, just to, like give a quick example if you're like playing into a pandora as hoffman one it sucks because like handing out fast is pointless um 
handing out focus. Normally you sit in your deployment zone and just like juice up and just like, all right, cool. Thanks for the free plus flips. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of a, an off kilter way to approach the game. But as an everyone player, if you're real good at it, um, you can overcome some of the innate weaknesses of the faction. But I don't disagree that Neverborn lack a lot of counterattack. Yeah, and again, I'm not saying that you guys are wrong. It's just weird that personally I haven't noticed that in Vassal, whereas everybody that I've heard in real life, they say the exact same thing that you guys are saying. Like, they're, they're going through that experience. So mm -hmm. I wonder what it is. Well, I mean, I think Vassal ends up being a much more precise game. And I mean, just just by the simple nature that you can, you know, measure things out, you can leave your auras on the field, and that there you're not, you know, eyeballing it. You literally have this is exactly placed out as the way you need to be it. And uh, what Andre said there is that playing Neverborn rewards good placements and movement, right. uh, knowledge of movement, and that sort of things. And I think it's easier to set that stuff up in Vassal, just because you can have that, you know, micron precision inside of Vassal that maybe you can't do as well in person. Well, and I also want to finish that thought out. Uh, Vassal is immensely different in terms of how crew building goes, because when you show up to a tournament at, you know, LVO or Captain Con or whatever, you might have two to three keywords that you brought with you. Vassal, you have your yeah. entire cool toolkit every time. Mm -hmm. um, and so being able to adapt uh, in that way is a lot more helpful for Neverborn players. Yeah, um, and I, I think something also with a lot of those Vassal tournaments is you usually have more prep time, right? Like, as far mm -hmm. as I know, most of those tournaments, you get at least like a day or two or something to kind of you know, finish up your map Correct. on the app and then you play the game. Whereas in a tournament, you're kind of on the fly like, oh, I have a Bayou player. Oh, it's Maw Tucket. Oh, crap, I forgot Maw can take this. So... <laughs> Exactly. I think there's some of that too. So you're, basically what I'm getting from you guys is you're more prone to mistakes and Neverborn <laughs> doesn't... No, no, it, it's true. Well, yeah, no, I mean, it's like Neverborn has less chances for you to recover from I make lots of, a little less forgiving. Than I make lots of mistakes like. in real life tournaments, that's for sure. Yeah, but like there are certain factions like Guild and Arcanist where like you can recover from a mistake fairly easily. Listen, I'm playing Guild right now, and I'd be lying if I if I didn't say, uh, you know, that it felt pretty good with a lot of these matchups. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing to say for that is also in general, Neverborn, and I think you're, you're, you're hitting it pretty close there, is that Neverborn fails to recover from bad plays just as a faction because we are so much squishier than everyone else. Like if a PK messes up and gets into a position where he's bitten off more than he can chew, you still have soul stones and two armor and hard to wound. So like odds are you can be like, oh man, I overextended. You're going to be fine. If a mature overextends and like a monster hunter is too focused, it's dead. Yeah, that was funny. Dixon and I played a game and we're going to talk about it tomorrow, but I, I did that exact thing. I was like, you know, this is over overextending the peacekeeper, but I want to see what it does. And it handled itself pretty good. It took like a master and a henchman and then the master's AP again to kill it. So yeah. I felt pretty good about it. <laughs> so yeah, that that that's exactly what I'm what I'm talking about in terms of. And then the other thing is like uh, the mistakes for crew building. It's like all right, cool. I built this you know super slick uh, you know Nakima crew, and I can't wait to show up and strut my stuff at a tournament. If someone brings Hoffman and I don't have like a, a tricked out Dreamer crew, I'm roasted. 
like I just don't have that counter. But if you're an Arcanist player, you can hire you can bring two of those precise spiders with you everywhere yeah. you go, and you'd be like, oh, cool, an armor crew, I've got it. Um, and so I think that plays a lot into why real life Neverborn feels like weak and sauceless, whereas the Vassal Neverborn seem to have less of that issue. Yeah. You got your tools all the time, whenever you need. Yes. Exactly. So getting into picking kind of gaining grounds, and of course, I think maybe this summer we might get a new gaining grounds. We'll see how that goes. But I still want to talk about kind of now that we're in it, we'll see kind of how we feel like the best two masters for each pool in everybody's opinion. And then, of course, this is generally speaking, we're not going into all the specific strat or schemes and stuff. Um, but then we're going to go, hey, what's your master is like, hey, I'm usually not taking this into this strategy and just kind of explain why. So I think we're going to start with the bread and butter of the Texas meta, which has to be cursed objects. So with uh, <laughs> if you haven't played against any of the Texas folks, you got to love it because you just go in. It's like, all right, let's punch stuff. And it's it's a good time. Um, I don't know if you already got the like the rules is of every single one of these podcasts is we have usually a band list. Uh, in this case, like, I don't know if we said it before, but I am not going to participate. going to be only the guest because everybody knows already my love. Pandora, mm. Titania, and Zoraida. Uh, It'd be those three every time. Correct. <laughs> Got it. Every single time. Your takes are that well being said, Andre and Doug have also a couple of things to say. <laughs> so you guys are yeah, betting. Yeah, so Andre, you, you said that there was one master that you're not going to pick because you could pick her like every time. Correct. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm not going to pick Nakima because I pick Nakima regardless of whether or not it's a good idea. <laughs> um, so that's, you know, in a in a podcast about what is the best decision to make into a pool, uh, I cannot just say. And for current alert operations, I'm also going to windmill slam Nakima. Like at some point, <laughs> it's, it's not as helpful to to viewers yeah. on. So I wouldn't necessarily, if I may, I wouldn't necessarily say that I want to ban her out per se, but like I will be, do my best to be mindful of her true weaknesses and strengths. Uh, I like that idea a lot. Uh, and for me, I mean, it's not so much a banning out because overpowered is more the, because since I'm always running things, there's certain crews that I do not get reps with. Um, I will not be selecting Pandora at all because <laughs> I don't know when the last time I got an, in a rep with her was. So I don't know her toolkit. I honestly cannot speak to her strengths and weaknesses uh, to any great effect. And I also will never select Dreamer 2 because I don't understand it. It does not make sense to me. <laughs> and I don't know why anyone would take that over Dreamer 1 because summoning new friends is always fun. But I, I don't understand Dreamer yeah, 2. We do have an episode where we talked specifically with, uh, was it Scott Dixon about Dreamer 2? And he, he had some pretty um, cool tech with him. I want to say Scott no. Helbig, but yeah, I think it was. Wrong. I am so sorry. But, yeah, if anybody's in, asking the wrong if anybody's person. like Doug and wants to be like, hey, what does Dreamer 2 do? Go back and check that episode out. I probably won't put it in the show notes because I don't do that very well. And you said, uh, okay, so I just want to, and you said Barkas as well, right? Like, Barkas is like the answer to everything. I mean, no, so I'm, I'm going like... yeah, to be talking about him because honestly, I haven't seen a lot of people putting him on the table lately yet. Yeah, he was. Oh. It's interesting you say that because when that book came out, there was a lot of Neverborn and Arcanist players that were really jazzed about him. And you're right, kind of like as it's kind of gone along, it's kind of been one of those titles that I think people have kind of forgotten about. And it's he's def <laughs> he's definitely good. I like him a lot. Oh yeah, no, and I've seen him in yeah. Basel. 
I like, uh, and I also see uh, a rise in the bear instead of the cat. Yeah. Because the bear actually survives a lot longer. And in this edition, in GG3, you have to be at specific times at a specific place. And the bear will usually survive. Oh, yeah. When I, and I, I'll definitely um, touch on the times I bring the bear instead of the cat and the times I bring the cat instead of the bear. Because they are, they kind of are interchangeable. Because they are both an eight-cost minion. So yes. So starting yes. with you, Doug, what are two of your go-to's for cursed objects? What masters you like into that? So cursed objects, my go-to's right now are Barkus. I know. What? Surprise, surprise. No one would have guessed that. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. And the other yeah, it's it's insane. And the other one right now is Castor Two. Okay. So so I'm going because he's he's new. A lot of people haven't seen him as much. I mean, I'm still proxying him on the table. But um, he's the big hulking one, right? He's he is. The how do I hold all of these limes? <laughs> uh, but he he's just a murder machine. You can get him tooled up with a bunch of focus uh, without him activating. Scoot him up a whole bunch, and then go. You, you're my bitch, and I'm taking that guy with me. So it zips over yep. there, murders someone, and goes, hey, I made a new friend, and I'm bringing him home with me. And he has the totem and, that never dies. And then the mm. undying totem. So Actually, two, two tech things that I saw that I got to ask you about. One, I got shanked by the totem with the, uh, you know, the, the mm-hmm. blame rush mm-hmm. upgrade. And that was insane, by the yep. way. And secondly, I noticed that Castor is one of the few models in the game that can still be uh, saved, quote unquote, even if he's staggered. Because when you overheal him, he can move himself. Yes. Yeah, because so it's, like, it's his hell? ability. <laughs> yep. Because he can move by his own abilities. Also, I mean, he's got that, you know, his little kidnap push thing is like, hey, and I'm going to scoot and then place you here. And a lot of the times. If you've got it set up right, he's like, hey, I'm going to scoot. I'm going to place you here. Oh, and I dumped you into the uh, hazardous terrain from an urn bearer. And so you just have, you're going to wake up and have a bad day. So how does the rest of, so he's, he's obviously a very, looks like a good kind of tanky model. Going to kill some stuff. Stat seven attacks, always good. But Doug, how's the rest of the keyword as far as like not dying? Because obviously you can still give up cursed objects if you're uh if the rest of your keywords i know they have a lot of regen and stuff and their weird ping healing so how have a you lot found of regen, that a lot of ping healing um if you know someone is feeling particularly big and awesome and someone else is getting a little bit low you've got gwill who can go hey let's trade those around a little bit there okay and then what about barkus what obviously so is it just barkus or do you take og marcus at all with most of the pools and the strats, I've been going with uh, straight Barkus. Um, if I'm going with uh, OG Marcus, it's usually if I'm putting in some weird shenanigans on the table and bringing him as a second master okay. to then mutate beasts that you're not supposed to mutate. Like, you know, bring Titania <laughs> and Marcus and a dinosaur. <laughs> or bring um, Zoraida. And bring Marcus and bring the Spawn Mother. Because the Spawn Mother's actually decent if you've got Marcus there. Yeah. Otherwise, he's kind of garbage. Yeah, upgrades. And even if you don't bring the Spawn Mother, though, 
um, mutated gators and silurids and a will the wisps are and the uh, the big boy too. Oh, um, forget his Gr- name. Uh, Grootsling. Grootsling. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I mean, although she's got a there's a lot of beasts in swamp themes, so they've got you know some interesting sauce with uh, regular Marcus. Okay. And then, Doug, what's the one master that you're like, I don't think I would bring this into uh, Cursed Objects? I wouldn't bring Zoraida into Cursed Objects. Ah, interesting. Um, part of it is that I tend to play very keyword heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless I'm doing my stupid Marcus is a second yeah. master shenanigans, I tend to stick within the keyword most of the time. And a lot of the Swamp Fiends are pretty squishy. And Cursed Objects is very, very, you know, in your face. Ah, die! And so Zoraida's uh, model, most of Zoraida's keyword isn't super tanky. And let's say you're running a um, Zoraida 1 into a shooty crew that is Zoraida's Nightmare because her, hey... Uh, you don't get to take any more actions. That's on melee. <laughs> so if you run up against a gun line, they're like, hey, Zoraida back there. <laughs> take her down. Because she just does not uh, deal well with that. Okay. So. And Dixon, I know you you play the crap out of Zoraida, so yeah, I know you've played Zoraida in Cursed Objects. <laughs> yes. I don't agree with it. Like most of the stuff, but some of the stuff that he said, I yeah, it makes sense. Because when you play Sarida in Curse, you don't bring any of the squishy models. You just bring all of the tanks. All the henchmen and the Kurgan. All of them. Yeah, and and the mysterious emissary, mm-hmm. because the Kurgan <laughs> and the mysterious emissary. I, I've seen Dixon th- throw uh, a I'm six gonna, model I'm, list around. The, more of an argument, though. I think that Barkus and the Mysterious Emissary are even better friends. They are BFF. I think they might be uh, getting married. <laughs> mm. um, he may have given up Miranda for the Emissary Slander. because that is so well because that's sev- that's severe terrain around Barkus, right? So Barkus is severe terrain twenty four seven. But <laughs> he also has a leap, so it's like, hey. You, you can avoid the Kurgan just by like, okay, I'm not going over here. Bark is like, hey, I'm bringing severe to you. <laughs> Doink. Oh, and you can't yeah. place anyone in here to come try to rescue them. And I just, listen, if you've never played against that stupid emissary in Neverborn, that hungering land whatever blast <laughs> markers, <laughs> so terrible. It's so terrible. It, it wins does. games by itself. Oh, no, it loses well, you games yeah. as the opponent. And, and Barkus loves it because <laughs> Barkus has got it's like okay, I am I am severe terrain. I am Groot. The emissary is like cool. I'm gonna hit you, and we're gonna drop some puddles of awful. And yep. then Barkus is like sweet, bam, scoot, bam, scoot, because it's a two four six damage spread plus a two inch push. So that make makes it if you've got that hazardous down, it suddenly becomes a three five seven damage spread. Oh, that's so gross. He pushes you in the terrain. Oh, that's no good. That's no good. Bam, scoot. Bam, scoot. So that means he's got, you know, it. once you've got that hazardous down, it's, you know, three, five, seven. Or that could be yep. up to, uh, if he's got a fully tooled up uh, Chimera Strike, that would then be a five, 
seven, eight. Five, five, seven, nine, right? Five, seven, it's five, seven, nine. Yeah, yeah. But it goes to six, uh, six, five, seven, uh, nine, nine. Oh, yeah. Mass is, mass is right. Eleven. No, no, yeah. but it goes to six, nine, eleven as well. If you're playing, um, what's her face? Um, bring double masters in Archivist. There you go. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. So, what about you, Andre? Cursed objects. What are two masters you're reaching for? For me, uh, I actually really like Euripides in cursed objects. Um, he does a lot of decent damage. Uh, for me, though, it's, I mean, obviously I'm speaking in Euripides 2 here. Euripides 1, he's a neat relic of the past, but Euripides 2 is the real Euripides at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and his absolute control over the cards, in addition to the fact that his whole crew having hard to kill, usually gives you enough space to be like, oh, dang, we're almost dead. Just kidding. Bonus action. We're all full health. Um, so gross. And... Oh, it's super gross. Um, and so those two things usually combine to make him very tanky. Uh, and then you can turn around and he's got a decent access to min three, um, as well as a pretty good gun on the master himself. Can, can we also say how annoying those rune tokens are? You don't like those? No, F those ah! rune tokens, man. Those. Th so any mechanic that has my opponent touching my fate deck pisses me off. Mm. Or messing with it. They're up in your space. It's not right to touch another man's face. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Uh, that's, that's exactly delicious. it. Delicious. Sorry, as, no, as no, a Sorido. It's like, cool, you got that You got that severe there, bro? Cool, discard As a, as a <laughs> yeah, Sorido player, I approve. I'm just saying. As a Sorido player, you Yeah. Agree. So I really like Euripides uh, for Cursed Objects. It, he, he passes for Tanky and Neverborn. Um, so I really like him a lot for Cursed. Uh, the other one, that I'm actually going to have to go directly against... Uh, Doug here. I actually like Zoraida for cursed objects. My reasoning being specifically, and no one plays this as far as I can tell, is that you can just be like, oh, homeboy's about to die. Cool. I obey him to hand off his curse token. You have yeah. two people engaged. You're not cutting it back. And like that right there is such a power move. Um, in addition to just being like, all right, cool. Bad Juju's going to get four AP this turn. It's just like good value to kill stuff. Um, in addition to the noob tube that is the Mysterious Emissary, in addition to uh, the first mate being tanky and still having decent damage access, like, she's got a lot of tools in the kit that make her tanky when she wants to be, as I guess I would describe it. Um, that her universal application, because she's really more of a generalist master, but because she's a generalist master, I think it well includes cursed objects because of that play that no one seems to take advantage of, of just handing off your tokens to making sure you don't give anything up. Yeah, I think any model specifically that out of activation you can get rid of models, you know, cursed object tokens is huge. Um, just kind of giving an example of this, I had Jesse from Boring Conversation. We played a Vassal game and he ran up with a bushwhacker that was about to die and he chucked uh, the cursed object onto... I think it was my mechanical attendant or something so mm. i next activation went with joss i'm like cool i'm gonna obey my dude to put it back on you and then i'm gonna kill you and <laughs> i did felt good <laughs> there's, there's a lot of like little tricks i know uh, just a little bit on this right i think uh if your opponent can't handle the like if you if you're in your head if, when you're doing this building they can't handle the little will-o-wisp uh touching their voodoo doll and making their strongest beater completely useless that is a mm -hmm. huge, like, that's game winning sometimes in this building. If you can, like, you know, uh, negotiate it with Keep the will-o-wisp away from things. Oh, I, I mean, and the it's doll. distance. Like, you have to be, the doll 
uh, has to be more, I mean, Sorina has to be 12 inches from the target, but the will o can be 10 inches behind you. Because then all it has to do is one attack, and all of a sudden that model is useless for a turn. Yeah, and I don't think it's nothing for Zoraida the Swamp Hag either, just for Witch's Brew to give your best beaters plus one to all their stats. I mean, that's not for nothing either, but um, I think there's an argument for both. But Andre, what's your uh, what's your I don't pick into Cursed Objects? Um, Lucius one. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be hard for me to not pick him for everything, but uh, I will make the case that he is specifically terrible at Cursed Objects yeah. because the crew that he likes to rely on uh, are just all squish bags um, from top to bottom. Like, uh, his henchman is literally infamous for being uncomfortably squishy with a coat on in guild. <laughs> um, so going, making his way over to Neverborn, he has no one to rely on. Even his minion that he's like, oh, I'm so special with access to mature Nephilim. They're still squishy when people don't have to fight in melee. Yeah. So, like, everything that he brings top to bottom loves getting killed. Um and he's not particularly good at denial in that regard. Uh, and he's not really any better than any other Neverborn at scoring it. Um, so I would say that Lucius One, even though I think he sucks in a lot of places, particularly mm. is terrible in Cursed Objects. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think this is like a secret, but just in case if you're a new player or you just don't know because you don't play against a lot of Neverborn, uh, if you're playing against Achilles Pool like Cursed Objects and you're going against Neverborn, Definitely bring some good guns because Neverborn hate guns. Fucking <laughs> yeah. guns, man. Like, we don't have very many of like them. Like when Kin no. was really good, and Ophelia 1 is still probably pretty gross into into uh, Neverborn, but anytime I saw Neverborn, it was either Maw Tucket or all the guns with Kin, and I was, that was how I went about it. So, and I, I would say that's one of the... Re the um, dealing with guns is one of the reasons why I like Barkus into a Cursed Objects pool is because he's got the uh, two um, natural camouflage upgrades to give out. So it's the uh, puts the stealth and disguised onto them. So that now can't be targeted outside of six inches, can't be uh, the target of charge action, uh, attacks generated by charge actions. Yeah. So that does allow your um, beefier models. It's like, hey, I want to get these up the board so we can murder the shit out of you. That protects them until they're up there okay and at which point they pass that upgrade off to someone else and you know lay into you with horns and teeth and claws and <laughs> other shit and i i would say that if i'm looking at dixon and he's playing Neverborn into cursed objects dixon i think if you want to kill the crap out of stuff you're bringing titania but if you want to mess with somebody's crew you're playing bandora yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it literally depends on, on who I'm playing against and the, and the board. If the board has a lot of terrain, I, I play Tantania, I don't even question it. Because then mostly my opponents are going to have to, like, navigate through the, the board, and I just completely ignore it. Cursed objects in the bag, definitely, definitely some interesting answers. So let's go into Covert Ops now. So Covert Ops, you got to go up to the strategy marker, you got to be within two, and you got to be unengaged. So... Uh, we'll start with you this time, Andre. So what are two masters you like into Covert? Okay, so I genuinely like Nikima in Covert um, because of a couple of different reasons. One, she has a lot of two-inch reach, yep. uh, which is big for denial. But she also has a lot of uh, in-combat mobility, uh, which means that you can do a lot of reach gaming. Because, I mean, Nikima's got a lot of reach too, but that's not an everybody food. And being able to maximize that with Scamper and things like that 
means that she can score on it uh, when the opponent cannot. Uh, and the, obviously, she also has the good old reliable method of denying covert points <laughs> by just stabbing things to death. Um, whereas can't score when you're dead. The dead condition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very strong crowd control, uh, and she can hand it out. And the I think the big thing with that is that she doesn't give up as much for dying like she would in a cursed objects pool. Um, so she doesn't pay as much for having of a, a more all out all, you know, glass cannon kind of play style in that regard. Uh, the other thing that I really like about her specifically into covert operations is that I find in most covert ops games, I get to turn four and I've captured like my first two points that I set up, set up for and I'm like, oh yeah, crap. I need to be on the other side of the table. Um, and Akima can be like, I got you fam. Whereas slower keywords have trouble getting to that third and fourth point yeah. uh, to close out the game. Um, yeah. And Andre, are you specifically only doing the Kima one or have you tried out Broodmother? I have tried out Broodmother. She is anathema to me. I don't, I like, I want to like her really badly and other people I've seen have success on her, but every time I put her to table, I just get demolished. Okay. I think as a player, I have to take advantage of aggression turn one, uh, or I just fall apart on the seams or something. Um, <laughs> So I can see Nakima 2 being good here. Uh, but yes, when I'm talking about Nakima, I'm talking about exclusively Sword Maiden. Yeah. Oh, uh, one more thing. Personally, I've had success with these guys, uh, but I don't know your take on them. The Cavern Nephilim. Okay. Because I, I have personally oh, loved them against yeah. Gunlines, but I understand that it's not the same. So the stealth is great. The stealth is stealth great. Assault. But if I am going to deal with the Gunline, so like... I have won games into Ophelia 1. You brought her up as a, as a good Neverborn fighter. And she is. I'm not denying that. But um, because I have died so many times into gun lines, I am really good at positioning into gun lines. So for me, I'm just going to take matures because I know them, I love them, and they can kill have, stuff. Faster. Have you enjoyed Atherak at all with blocking off some of those gun lines, like lanes? <sighs> he is actually a detriment to the crew. Hmm. Um, because handing out handing out shielded to Nephilim is actually counterproductive because they want to be able to ping themselves and every shielded is just like a waste of time. Um, so like the damage reduction sounds like it's a good idea, but I actually want to suffer damage in the most efficient shaved layers as possible. <laughs> uh, and shielded just denies that. So I actually don't like Atherak. And also I've, in the games that I put Atherak on the table, cause I have tried them out. Um, it just ends up being whatever gun crew I'm fighting ends up having enough positioning capability. Just to go around it. Exactly. Um, I have heard some like cheeky takes where you take Atherak into like a reser crew uh, and you hire the corpse curator and you drag behind the marker to extend the line. Hmm. Um, that's cute. Uh, yeah. And, that, and that's about it. Like it's cute, but uh, it's adorable. Right. <laughs> Uh, giving Doug ideas here, but um, yeah, for the most but part, that I would require me to play resers and that's yeah, healthy. You know, everyone's got to have standards. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think my other pick for um, covert operations, though, it's going to be Marcus actually, and it solely comes down to uh, either Marcus is fine because it's really his uh, keyword that I like for it. Uh, it's because of his like massive access to deadly pursuit. Uh, which is ah, the like yeah. scoring potential on covert that I can think of. I literally I had a game where I was playing um, what was I playing? Oh, I was playing Seamus. Seamus won uh, into a covert ops game um, into a toll actually, and I won that game handily because my grave digger and my dead dandy. I put that upgrade that gives them deadly pursuit 
uh, and it was just like two free points. Like I didn't have to worry about it. Um, they were well, never because you can go and be aggressive, you know, go kill something, and then still mm -hmm. be within, you know, what's that, six inches to go score on one of those objects. Yeah, super exactly. Um, but like, yeah, like I've been doing that with the hunters. <laughs> yeah, the, the biggest deal is being able to avoid denial. Um, being able to be like, haha, I've engaged your guy. Now you can't score. And you're like, mm, did you though? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and here you can put like at least four models on the table between, I think, the Cerberi and the Snakes that all have Deadly Pursuit. And you just slam those on the table and you've got that strategy and, made. So I like Marcus. And then there's also like two to three models, depending on list building, that also move models outside of activation. So, even if somehow they would like to play around your your deadly pursuit or whatever, you can also move people away. You can place people away. Like it's, I love Marcus for all those reasons. Like you're, you guys mm -hmm. are right. That that model is amazing. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you're. Well, especially it's because of like a lot, a lot of people are down on him because he mm. survives sometimes the, the the reprimand. But like you don't have to fight in cover ops to score a point most right. of the time. It's true. Yeah. All right, then what's your uh, not pick there, Andre? I have to go with Pandora, either Pandora. Um, so my reasoning is, like, Pandora can definitely has a little bit of play with the Misery Auras and, like, scoot-pinging people uh, away from the strategy markers. But at the end of the day, Pandora's crew specializes in models that don't have an engagement range. Uh, and it's just it's so hard to actually deny points. Because if your opponent's just like, all right, cool, I have to wait to last activation, like, Pandora's not famed for her oppressive kill power or anything like she'll like turn your models into a wet noodle but killing them it eh, takes more doing well and that's um, why like i i've been playing nelly and some nelly players are like oh yeah she's pretty good into covert i'm like well you can't deny i mean i see you can score but mm -hmm. it's like you don't have engagements to deny people once they're on the point so you have to then use actions to push them off and if they're playing like guild or something you can't push them so yeah now yeah. it's free real estate because being able to just like oh i have a two inch reach cool here's this is like exclusive interview except <laughs> hands. um and so i really like um i feel like pandora that. would kind of make like a certain area of the board miserable and you just go cool i'm gonna score these and kind of play around you a little bit and just try to avoid you a little bit well that's really the key right like because she's a bubble fighter like not not like Hoffman is a bubble crew with himself, but Pandora loves to bubble on you. <laughs> um, and like, like bunching, game. right? Uh, and Pandora balling on you uh, is just like imminently deniable for Covert because there's like a whole board line I get to play with and she gets to pick one part of the board to suck uh, because if they spread out too much, you can just pick them off individually. They're not particularly tanky as a keyword. Um, so to me, I think Pandora... Despite being like generally a good master, I think she functions particularly badly in Covert Ops. Dixon, you look offended over there. I'm supremely offended. But then again, <laughs> I, again, I'm, I'm a he's not wrong. Yeah, I'm a weird feller. Uh, I would, I would, yeah. This is one of the missions that I picked Pandora. So, listen to you mm -hmm. say that. Just, I was, I was just like, 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 hold the gun, hold the gun. <laughs> Well, I think it's kind of like, you know, Dixon is taking like a circle and trying to put it in a square peg with Pandora sometimes. Where it's oh, bro, like, I mean, I get it. I probably, sh it's kind of like you and, uh, and Nakima, you know, you yeah. probably shouldn't play 100%. her, but you, but you do. I mean, we make them work. I, I, I fellow stance. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, we make it work. We make it work. And then, Doug, how about you? What are your, uh, your two go tos for Covert? So, my two go tos for Covert are, uh, Titania 2. Nice. Um, so, uh, Titania 2, they are, that crew 
is very good at holding the center, like the length of the center line. Hate those upgrades. They're not, they're not great at getting across the line and going deep on your opponent there. Um, so they can spread out along the center line and still make Titania very effective. Um, Waldgeists have got planted roots. Yep. And so does the Emissary. So you can't knock them off the point. Um, if you are feeling particularly cheeky, you th instead of throwing the uh, champion upgrade onto one of the Autumn Knights, you throw it onto a Waldgeist uh, and target someone who's attacking and go, Hey, bam! And heave, and you chuck them three inches away. Yeah, so the upgrades give her minions, what, plus one stat out of activation or something in a suit? No, is that what it it's is? better than that. It's plus one to all it's... duels while outside of the activation. Uh... Although technically, that's not even the upgrade. That's just a six-inch aura that also conveniently emanates from upgrade bearers. Yep, that emanates from her aura. But So what the upgrade gives them is it gives them um, companion. And also uh, gives them built-in uh, rams and crows on all their Which attacks. Which is the truly disgusting thing. So, <laughs> and the Autumn Knights have a defensive trigger on a crow, right? Where they, like, do damage the ram, to you? The ram so, parry. they've got a no, defensive a trigger on the ram where they parry. Where they're like, hey, you hit me. Bam. And if you're attacking them, that means it's outside of their activation. So, they are defense 7 then. Yeah, I've had it where I've flipped a 13 and then they just because they're stat seven and they also have a 13, I just gets the crap smacked out of me because stat seven's good, turns out. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty damn good. Uh, <laughs> my favorite thing is, since you're playing um, Neverborn and you're playing against, like, say, for example, Guild, uh, you get to have those guys, and if you feel cheeky, you can also get Thune outside of act uh, Keyword, and he can bury people. So, like, whatever they have, they have LLC, you can bury somebody. But so yeah, but so Titania, they've got some decent survivability with yeah. that. Uh, she's got some healing. Uh, that she's got ways to. Uh, I mean, I mean the uh, Autumn Knights. They've got that into thorns. So it's like, hey, I've got a um, you know position a few of those uh, underbrush markers, so they're not nearby the markers, and go, hey, bam, and chuck you into that. And so there's a lot of that unexpected movement shenanigans against your opponents. Doug, before um, you get to your second choice, I do want to know, are you a Killjoy man, or do you <laughs> Killjoy not ever? <laughs> I I tried him early on when I was putting, uh, figuring out Titania, and I thought, oh, I'll put the, his, you know, blood sacrifice things onto, like, my Autumn Knights, because then they'll be make all that, uh, those underbrush around them, you know, hazardous then too, and then they'll, you know, hit someone and they'll throw them into it, where then it's the, not only the endothorins and some hazardous Seems there, like a lot going on there. But it just never worked. It won't. <laughs> it just does, it, I, I just never got it to work right, and he just costs too much for what he's putting to the table, so I bring, like, the Emissary instead, or maybe the, uh, T-Rex. I mean, I take two Botungan before I take Killjoy, specifically <laughs> for two reasons. Yeah. They have Deadly Pursuit, and against guns, they're like defense seven, because mm -hmm. they yeah. they get the plus one aura from Nekima, I mean Nekima, look at me, Titania, and they on top of that, they have favorable terrain, if I remember correctly. Well, and Boltongan mm -hmm. also have that sweet Homeward Bound reference, so it just gives me all the good 90s feels right there. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah I, I need to get, I need to 
rememberable Tongan more often. They're really, really good. I tend to forget about yeah. them. They're, they're, they're solid. They're incredibly good at scheme runners and, you know, to snatch the, the, the you know, capping objectives and stuff. And they have deadly pursuit. And they have deadly pursuit. <laughs> I think I think I had a couple bad experiences with them where oh, they just course. didn't do anything. And then they then I keep forgetting to bring them. Try yeah, them they got again. buffed and the well, buff actually you do have good. Well, you do have to put two full actions into them because they have hard to kill, so... They're not going to one-shot them, which is always good. So, um, But, Doug, who's your other uh, usually bring to covert? Uh, Marcus. One that's, and that is also because of the, uh, well, we've got uh, the bears have laugh off, so you can't knock them off of a point. Uh, they have a two-inch engage, so laugh off plus two-inch engagement range and access to butterfly jump through putting wings on them means that, hey, I'm holding down this point. Oh, you're going to come over and engage me? Sweet, take a swing at me. Cool, I scoot, so I'm engaging you, you're not engaging me, and there's nothing you can do about it. That is so good. So that's delightful. Plus, then you've got a lot of deadly pursuit in the crew, and you've got leaps. So, like, you can, you know, with the cats, you can leap around and go accomplish your schemes, and then go, oh, and deadly pursuit back. Uh, Doug, what about, uh, I got to ask you just because I know there's some listeners that love them. What about these Mole Man? Do you uh, you run them at all? <laughs> I want to like them. To be fair, I also totally misread one of their abilities. I thought that... <laughs> well, I was cheating. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I, I was shorting myself. Oh, okay. Uh, with the, it's like uh, using their tunnel, I thought it had to be, you know, under... You know, undersized, you know, size two or less. And, well, I thought it, what, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't realize it was the, oh, if you're a beast, you don't have to be size two or less. So I'm like, most of my beasts are size three. I can never use this. Gotcha. So I, that's why you read the card fully. And so I just haven't, you know, gotten them to the table because they also, if you look at them wrong, they die. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they got that sweet trigger that buries, but they have to survive yep. to bury. Okay. So I haven't gotten a lot of use out of them. I feel like there's just other tools that I'm making more use with. Gotcha. So it's a lot of the same things Andre was saying. You got some like deadly pursuit and some other things in there that really kind of make you um, really good into covert. Yeah, yeah. It's the deadly pursuit plus then the, you know, not being able to get knocked off the point. All right, and before we get to your negative one, I do want to ask you both this because I am in guild for a while here, and mm. I am partaking in the bass action. So oh, okay. I, I, I want to get your opinions on Paul Crockett because I hear some people say he's poop and other people say he's okay. So what do you all think of him? I love to see Paul Crockett across the table from me <laughs> when yeah. I played Neverborn. Uh, this happened in Washington. That's what uh, I thought. The guy's like, okay, I'm going to drop the uh, my nice little uh, severe concealing uh, thing right in here to protect us. Well, then the uh, emissary's like... Cool, bro. <laughs> um, I ignore concealing, and I like that you have severe, so I'm going to hit you and drop to hazardous uh, <laughs> right on your friends behind you. So... I have, okay. Thanks, Paul. I have this four of tomes. Paul, what's your movement? Yeah. You're at negatives, by the way. Oh, I, I hate you with this four of tomes, and I blast off of you. By the way, you got, mm -hmm. you got staggered. Yeah, we're doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, We're no, I am. <laughs> I am definitely on team uh, Paul Crockett's poop. I feel like <laughs> he. So like, you read the card and you daydream about yeah, you, that the, is it. the cream moment where it's like, oh, dude, I hit a mass trigger with coordinated and sent of blood. What a gimme! And then you put it on the table, and like, oh yeah, this dude explodes in contact with air, and he does not warrant using like soulstone cash or anything uh, in order to really make it work. And it's specifically, especially in the base crew. Um, the only dude you're really like feeding shots into with scent of blood is the worm. Yeah, and the worm doesn't really like being in a sustained melee. Correct. Um, yeah. like hard to wound gives him enough time to get off the table without <laughs> dying in one shot. As Dixon uh, would say, "Get me out of here." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know he's not really sticking around on the table long enough for Paul Crockett to really. Uh, capitalize on the abilities he has. So yeah, right. most of the time. Glad, glad get... I confirmed that. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Well, because yeah. the only thing I saw was like, ah, oh, cool, you got coordinated attack, but you can't guarantee that in guild. So it's kind of like, how often are you going to see that? And then mm -hmm. you can, a lot of pipe dreams. It seems you can like coordinated him. attack and send a blood is like living the dream. If it I ever mean, happens. If it yeah, ever and, happens. The, and the thing, because I want to point out again, Andres like said it, but like we got to we got to like like put a cap on it. Sorry. Leadline code and the soulstone thingy, you don't want to put it on mm -hmm. this guy because if you're putting it on this guy, because he's still going to die. Yeah, because you're putting <laughs> it on this guy, you're not putting it on like, I don't know, Miranda, the Scorpius. Like, there's so many other people. The Cerberus. It's, yeah. Yes. And Neverbone has neither soulstone cash nor leadline code. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's a good point because yeah. we are talking right. about Neverborn. No, no, no. That, that's my, my point is like, nowhere is this model worth giving the upgrades that was my point yeah. yeah fun looking model though i mean i've got both uh, oh Hulk i love rocket it. and horrible harriet painted up and in my bag don't know when they're one gonna of these the days you'll again. be good again yeah, yeah. but <laughs> if you he know, was ever they I, i've got they're, they're cool models but all right well doug what's your uh never pick into or not usually picking into covert um i really wouldn't end up taking uh the dreamer into covert ops dreamer one specifically because dreamer we don't yeah, know how dreamer, dreamer two, two works and dreamer two doesn't make <laughs> sense dreamer two does not work for my brain okay they'd say hey i'm gonna set up this hand for later first off i don't have that much foresight <laughs> in my life um, play magic. you know so that doesn't work out well for me and i mean we talk uh when you're, you know, setting up that god hand, uh, and it's like, okay, I bring back that god hand. Well, you can guarantee, okay, I've got one activation that I've got the godlike hand, but then it's, you know, that's it. Okay. You know, but so a uh, dreamer one, I would not really bring into covert operations. Not super great at holding grounds, um, and I mean, covert ops and guard the stasher uh, things where you need to hold the grounds. And um, now you can't, uh, you're, when you summon stuff, they're not going to get those um, uh, claim tokens. Yeah, to they, claim they don't count the, for anything. Uh, the strategy markers. Uh, they aren't going to be able to really deny the turn they, like the turn they come in, they're not going to deny. And so it has to be, you know, a turn later. And by then, well, they're possibly dead. Um, it's just really. I feel like there's just better options. Yeah, there might be things that are worse into this, like Lucius 1. But to be <laughs> fair, I don't tend to think of Lucius 1. 
No one really does. I think At you have to be a special kind of player to in a like negative way. It's not bad. But a dreamer. <laughs> but as far as masters who I would play in other things, who I would not play specifically in this, mm-hmm. I'd say dreamer one. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, Dixon, any uh, any thoughts in the covert besides Pandora? Uh, no, just I mean I agree with them in most except for the Pandora thing, and. You know me, I I literally would pick all three of my girls for this. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's again, well, that's to be why fair, I'm, I'm abstaining from saying too much. Well, and just so people know the kind of Pandora player Dixon is, I have seen Dixon bring Pandora into like a corner deployment and still slingshot her into the middle of the board. So mm. you definitely are that kind of player, Dixon. Oh, yeah. A dedicated stand. I mean, we have to respect the yeah. game. Like... <laughs> I have had people look at me going, this is turn one, and you have her like three inches away from my deployment zone. Why? What's happening? Beautiful. Because <laughs> you, you chose pain. <laughs> pain. So, yeah, then we have the other, I'm going to stand here and have as many people as I can with mm-hmm. guard the stash. So, uh, Andre, guard the stash, who do you like sitting in spots? <laughs> uh, for me, especially for cost, except no substitutes, I think Titania is the primo spot sitter. Um, Titania too specifically. She turns her low cost minions into just absolute cash money uh, in terms of being able to like stand still and be alive. Um, and then between like TNless heals with condition removal and shielded, defense seven minions, other minions with planted roots, um, and then fairly decent beating power um, in both those minions as well as some enforcement she can hire. Um, I think Titania's a really solid pick for guard the stash where um you know not we're in comparison to like covert like being engaged or not doesn't matter just being alive is the biggest thing and i think she really shines uh in this particular strategy okay and then who's number two for you i really got to go with um pandora 2 actually so hear me out guard the stash because you always have the two center markers that are relatively close together that usually define how the game goes. Uh, it's a perfect place for a your life sucks ball crew to post <laughs> up. Um, and being and like I said, being engaged or not doesn't really matter here. Uh, so her lack of engagement that curses her in covert ops doesn't really bother her in guard the stash. Yep. Um, and then on top of that, like there are no adverse effects to summoning. Like you're not going to get any strategy scores out of it, but they can still do I think a little bit of um, denial. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just like extra damage I'm telling you those sorrow suckers are so freaking annoying 100 <laughs> percent um and the and avarice so, yeah. ones too is or whatever the heck they're called they're bad too aversions in the middle of the enemy crew and all of a sudden all of their plans go out the window they're like i have to cheat for every movement that i do what the hell yeah you're sitting yeah. here wasting actions because you have to kill those stupid things because otherwise your life just is miserable 100%. So I think that Pandora is really, really strong in Guard the Stash. I will say that my one experience uh, with Pandora on Guard the Stash as an opponent uh, was completely stymied by Eye of the Hurricane on a machinist ah. at, at Gen Con, and it was Gross. delicious crack cocaine. We, no, no, was, we um, played that game in Basel before that tournament, and I was like, this is a nightmare scenario. And I am a, <laughs> like you said, I'm a stan of the woke keyword, and I like a giant amount of trouble taking down like Kia and whatever the hell else he had. 
Yeah, why is and Ballyhoo Bucket has that now? It's so bad. Yep. Yeah, I'm just I'm just oh, saying I'm dude. sorry for that person that had to deal with that shit because even I couldn't figure <laughs> out my way around it. No, nah, she was a good sport, but yeah, it was, it was uh, definitely a, a real bad counter. What otherwise is a, is a strategy that Pinor really dominates. So I think she's my number two pick. Okay, and then who's the uh, I don't like into uh, guard stash? Uh, I hate to do this myself, but I actually don't like Nakima for guard the stash. Hmm, interesting. Um, so guard the stash like everybody and their dog brings like the beefiest, hardest pipe hitting dudes <laughs> they can find into a guard, the stash game. And you absolutely should. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, they bro. put down their, they finish their last set, turn around, beef out. <laughs> and you're like, cool. Like, cause Nephilim hit hard, but they don't really take a punch that well. Like everyone hates combat finesse on matures and the region we have. And don't get me wrong. It's super annoying. But at the end of the day, if just like a PK and jaws post up, like I don't, I don't have much to do with that. Um, eventually, the plus flips will break through the dam, and you're just going to die. Um, Nephilim like the gap between Schemi and Killy, uh, where you have to be really fast and stand in certain places to accomplish objectives that are really far away. Like, um, what was the old one? Symbols um, of Authority. Have, symbols of Authority. We love Symbols of Authority. Because uh, you can just dive so far downfield, and that's the big win. But like, usually people that are faster are also killies. So that's the gap where Nephilim exists. Yeah. Uh, stand here and fight. Like stand and deliver sucks. <laughs> sucks so much butt for Nephilim. Like we can bleed on you, and that's literally one of our claims to fame. But like at the end of the day, people bleed, are, are ready it. for a fight. For for guard stash, they're ready for a fight. Um, and Nephilim don't like taking honest fights, so I actually don't like her in guard stash. All right, Doug. What about you? What are two you like? So, uh, I have to agree with Andre on this one. Titania 2. Uh, she mm. is the, hey. She's the queen. The, the, be, this is yeah. my land. Get the fuck off yep. it. Yep. Um, I do think she's stronger in the um, diagonal deployment ones. Because, like I said before, she's mm. able to really kind of hold the long diagonal line. And so you're going to have, you know, because if it's in, um, you know, a flank or corner, um because they're in the center of the quarter that's on the center line so you've got four along the center line and she's good at holding those ones interesting and her she's able to expand her area of influence because she's got those uh, champion upgrades out there so she can you know hold one of the middle ones send champions out to the flanks and have titania's influence over the entire length of the long center line. Yeah, I'm but she's not as great at going um, deep into your opponent's uh, zone like in a standard deployment. Wedge, she kind of can, but you know she kind of want to scoot out and around to go for the uh, stuff in the back. Yeah, I'm hearing you guys talk a lot about the Autumn Queen. What would be a scenario where you'd think about bringing the uh, OG Titania? Uh, I'd be more likely to bring OG Titanium cursed that. objects. Cursed, yeah. Um, on honestly, I if if uh, load them up is in the pool, I will always consider Titania <laughs> one or two because the, those underbrush markers are everywhere. Are not uh, well, they're they're not destructible. So hell, I will take load them up in uh, load them up and carve the path with titania because like hey you know what yeah you might be able to kick that marker through my markers 
but I'm putting down more than he can deal with. Um, so I, I mean, if, if load him ups in the pool, Titania all day, every day. Okay. Well, and I will say specifically, Titania one shines in scenarios like cursed objects where you're trying to body one specific model per round, because at the end of her turn, odds are you took a damage you can't avoid. And depending on how gutsy with stones or cards she wants to be, you can have taken three Nakima greatsword damages in addition to three injured. And like, even if you posted up and lived through that, like trying to recover from how much damage you just took is difficult. Um, so while she doesn't have the greatest card manipulation, and I've certainly lost and played into people who lost by the might of having 10 high in their hand as Titania, it's... <laughs> uh, it's usually pretty reliable in terms of killing. The issue is that, like, killing is not necessarily a unique skill for Neverborn. Yeah, um, and Titania, too, does have a better... She does have the uh, better card manipulation. I mean, no flip heals, plus mm -hmm. the uh, Behold Her Glory Withered Rose trigger. It's like, hey, and now I draw a bunch of cards. Yeah, and I think it's the big thing... always useful. The thing, the difference for me between Titania 1 and 2 in Cursed Objects and, like, how I think about why I like Titania 2 more for it is Titania 2 is clearly not as good at scoring it, but she's so much better at denying it. Yeah. Uh, where it's Titania 1, she has Cruel Disappointment, and that's kind of helpful, but other than that, she is Defense 5, Hard to Wound, and a Smile. Um, and <laughs> and so 14 can get taken down. Well, yeah, which is a, a healthy pool, yeah. don't get me wrong. But I don't think, like... It's so rare for me to see a game where Titania lives to the end of the game where it wasn't just like a blowout in turn two. Where it's like, Titania picked your favorite beater, smashed it to the floor, and it died. Uh, and then, like, those games she'll live. But it, like, either a scrappy game or a game where she straight up loses, yeah. Titania gets bugged. Yeah. Um, which is why I like Titania 2 yep. more yep. Um, okay. for that kind of strategy. She also, may, if it's a, a, a strategy where you got to kind of count on more all of the bodies doing more things mm -hmm. she is a force yep, multiplier yep. because of that aura it's like hey they're all plus one outside of their activation on all it's like hey i attack your defense okay i attack your movement i don't care i attack your size still plus one <laughs> uh i do want to point out one last thing for from my side of the table uh titania mm -hmm. 2 also has the added bonus that if she wants to she doesn't have to be anywhere near the fight and she has to be yeah. kind of near the fight in case one of her champions fa uh, falls, but not like it's not like a necessary guarantee. Yeah. Yep, yeah. that's fair because a lot of her stuff is range 10 or 6, so she doesn't have to be in the mix. Oh, and she can draw, yeah. I think she can draw yep. her actions from her fellows. Everything. Well. She yeah. can draw yes. everything through her fellows, yeah. Without requiring range or line of sight. Which Gross. is saucy. Now, the, the other thing is, I. I she is kind of iffy in cursed objects because her easy to kill totem is significant. Hmm. Don't bring them. So this, so and we'll get back to your other pick for yeah. for guard here in a second, Doug. But that is a good point because, and we'll talk about this Dixon tomorrow because I've found and Dixon has done this too. When you play a keyword like I played Lady J into cursed, and I didn't bring the scales because I was like, you know, I'm not even going to bring it, so you don't have the chance to kill <laughs> yeah. it. And you won, and I want to say that you won because it of did. it. It probably made a little bit of a difference because you didn't just farm it for a freaking uh, easy point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, getting back to your second pick for guard the stash, who are you thinking there, Doug? I mean, this is going to come as a shock and Are surprise you gonna say to everyone. I'm going to say Barkus. Of course <laughs> I'm going to say Barkus. Well, and the same reasons as for uh, covert operations. 
Access to Laugh Off, Access to Planted Roots, Access to Deadly Pursuit. Okay. Those are all great ways to say, hey, now, while you can't offset them by saying, okay, um, I'm engaging you, so that doesn't matter, it does allow you to say, well, you can't knock me off of this point. They are a pretty mobile crew, so they can get to the other side of the table and go contest the ones on your opponent's side. And it always feels bad to try to contest the um, stuff in your own side of the board. Because, like, oh, well, if I'm contesting on my own side of the board, I'm not contesting on your side of the board. So they're able to get over there very easily. Uh, They've got a lot of things where it's like, hey, I hit you and I move you. And so... There is a lot of that within um, a Barkus crew, plus access to leaps. Um, Very mobile. You got the the world's most annoying speed bump that will not die in the jackalope. (laughs) Doug, I heard you talking about this jackalope on your last episode of Students' Oh my god, I love him so much. And I was like, yep, this is uh, what I hate about that totem. Just ignore him. He's insignificant. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I just ignore him because he's insignificant. Dude, he runs in your face. It's just yeah. like, it's like, it's kind of like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You just have this rabbit, you know, it's you're like, oh, it's just a fluffy rabbit. And then it's like, you know, clamping onto your jugular. Well, it, it has a direct Monty Python reference on yep. its card. The creature of Carabinog. Yep. <laughs> you mean that behind uh, the rabbit? No, it is the rabbit. <laughs> um, I will say, though. Before we get into your negative, or you're the one you don't bring as much, Doug, I feel like Zoraida would have actually some pretty good play here. She's... Mainly because I I just, in so many crews where it's like, oh, I have Laugh Off, oh, I have Planted Roots, obeying people out of areas just seems good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. In reason? Neverborn, I I find that Hagatha, you know, uh, Zoraida too doesn't have the same legs that she does in, in uh, Bayou because she doesn't have an obey. Uh, so I have to play usually Sarita 1 for this mission. But yes, I, I agree. I agree with that sentiment. All right, Doug, what about your uh, don't bring very often into uh, Guard? I would not bring Dreamer. Um, as Man, I you, said, with you really the, aren't putting a lot of love. The thing is, I love the Dreamer. but Doesn't sound like it. Well, he's not great at holding his ground. Okay. And the summons can never hold or contest yeah. markers. The only model that they have that can hold anything for a little bit is the Insidious Madness. Right, I mean, the Insidious Madness does have Scatter, yep. which is the just the biggest fuck you. <laughs> so does Ruffles, I love it. But oh. it's sort of the... It's not, like, his models aren't super tanky. Yeah. And they also don't do mm. a lot of the, yeah, you, you can't really score it by holding the points as well. You can't really score it by killing their models off the points. It's just not really his bread and butter. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah, and he's, and you know, it's, it is it is kind of funny because, granted, like I said, it's, it's kind of, you don't see as much Neverborn in a lot of events unless you go to a bigger one. And mm-hmm. I really feel like, dreamer has kind of fallen off a bit like you just don't see him quite as much uh and obviously he caught a little bit of a nerf there so there's some of that 
Uh, and just the general summoner nerf, I feel like has toned summoners down a little bit. Huge. So that might be some of it as well. Huge. Yeah, summoner summoners have gotten kicked in the nuts in this gaining grounds, which is probably deserved. Let's be fair. Oh yeah. But <laughs> the funny thing is, I I really do enjoy the dreamer in cursed objects. Why? Because yeah. Mm. Well, okay. Because they're like, oh, you summoned. I'm gonna put a token on it. Okay, it comes in buried. And then it waits a turn, and then when it pops up, it's like, hi, I'm here, have my token. Yeah, just don't play against Gil. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously you're not going to play Dreamer Cursed Objects if you're going into something that can attack the Buried Models. <laughs> that's the one thing I'm really like. But... That's the one thing I like about Guild is, I'm like, you guys say all this stuff, and I'm like, you know, I'm playing in a faction that can actually deal with Buried stuff and can cancel some, like, Demise yep. crap yep. now, and... It feels kind of good coming from the Bayou and not I, having access. To I've been feeling that. that pain lately because I've been playing against his guild and like it's fun to watch him learn these things and like, oh yeah, wait a second, here's an anti bird. Is this what counterattack feels yeah, like? That, yeah. Oh, by the way, it feels good. Us never run players. I bet <laughs> we don't get counterattack. We get we get countered. <laughs> yeah, fair. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Dreamer is getting kicked in the nuts. That's cool. Um, <laughs> no. uh, okay. So we have, this is probably my favorite strategy Dixon can attest oh, yeah. um, to uh, carve a path. So Andre, carve a path. Who are some of your go-to going to be fast pushing this uh, cart up the up the board? I think for me, except no substitute, Zerata 2. I think Zerata 2 is absolutely the most cracked kick the can runner in the game. Uh, the fact that I can set up a can rail gun where I'm like, all right, cool. I have this dude who's six inches out. I have this dude who's 12 inches out. Zoraida interacts and it just immediately goes 18 inches of the awesome. board is so much fun. Like, like you know, <laughs> plenty of people can dump AP onto the table. Like, you can always just play explorers and run Vernon the Wells or whatever you want to do to just take a lot of interacts. But like, being able to be like, I dropped two cards. It's 18 inches. That like that's so yep. good. Yep. Um, well, and then and you have then, the uh, you have the Ten Thunders effigy that it can make a model interact. So you make Zoraida interact, then you discard a card or two. And make one or two models interact again, so it can get pretty yep. dirty. Yep. All in the same turn. I'm sorry, because you can. Oh, I see. look at literally. She interacts, makes two models interact, summons the ten thunder guy. Ten thunder guys come out. He tells somebody else to interact again. It's like, wait, what the hell? What's happening here? It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super good. And so I really like her for Kurt. And then at the same, or I'm sorry, for a carpet path. And at the same time, like her models, while being fast, are still like reasonably tanky. Um, so it gives a lot of room to run in terms of running the carve, whereas I think other people might have the AP to kill stuff or might have the, the AP to run it, mm. but can't, you know, shove it through a scrum. As yeah. I had a question for him. How do you feel about bad juju? I love bad juju. I'll take him every game, regardless of context. You're okay with Dixon then <laughs> you passed. Uh, no, because like there's there's a divide for some reason in our faction that people are Baijuju haters. That they hate Bad I don't Juju. Know why? I know, dude. I I can't understand it. He's such a good boy. I don't tend to run him, but that's mostly because I don't have him painted. Fair. Oh. And that's yeah, that's a yes. fair take. But yeah, no, the, there are people that are just like Bad Juju's hot garbage, and I'll never take him. And I'm like, who hurt you, <laughs> bud? Like I just. I mean, if you're bad juju, bad if juju. you're like a <laughs> if you're a ten thunder player who's just like yeah, I can deny everything you love, then. 
I can see you being like, oh, yeah, I can just kill bad juju and ignore his demise and all this crap. But if you're playing a fair faction where you don't have all that counterattack, it's sometimes pretty miserable to deal with. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, no, Serata 2, I think, is probably the best runner. I'll also kind of step back for a moment and say that Neverborn generally are really, really good at the strategy by so. the mere existence of Wicked Dolls. For three stones, you get I a creep along model that are significant and with stealth. And that, like, if you can, as long as you can run like a full court press where your front line is far ahead of your back line, uh, and then they can come in back and be like, I'm gonna set interrupt. in the line I'm of scrimmages, Dixon would it's say, exact, Hey, man, yeah. like, and people can call it whatever they want, but it's basically the best way to describe it, in my opinion. Because, like, it's yeah. literally, it's like in terms of football, you set the line of scrimmage, you have your front, and then, like, mm-hmm. basically everybody yeah, else and, in the back. As soon as those. <laughs> As soon as those wicked dolls get like, as soon as they're past danger, then they're just scoring VPs everywhere. It's pretty ridiculous. Three points. Yeah, no, they're so good, so good. So, yeah, I would say like just as a just as, as a quick aside, Neverborn in general is really good at carbon bath. But uh, if I had to pick another one, I'd probably go back to Nakima just because mobility is her game. And then this strategy, unlike Guard is the stash gives the opponent enough incentive to run faster, squishier models that Nephilim can find their gap and take advantage of the fight while still being fast enough to kick Hmm. cans. Yeah, and I I know there's a lot of value, obviously, with Nakima and the mature Nephilims. When I play Nephilims, I actually like the young Nephilims a lot. I just feel like they can can be aggressive, they're fast, mobile, and they got Onslaught and stuff. So I, I would just say, if you play Nakima, don't forget about the young Nephilims because they can tear things up. 100%. And I feel like uh, the Shaman, because usually Shaman spends turn one, you know, just buffing up your boys, whatever. But, like, he's a great sneak in for just like, oh, I'm just going to run this real quick. Um, and then, you know, if you start with a tot, you can feed him into something that flies. Like, you now, got options. I, I do have to say, yeah, Andre. You got, you got a lot of the fly with me in there, too. Yeah, fly mm-hmm. with me is big. But, Andre, I do have to ask you. So how does it feel to have a keyword nerfed and have focus nerfed because of some of the nonsense you were doing with Nakima? I mean, it feels great <laughs> and terrible all at the same time. Although I will say, I don't think I can actually take credit for the Black Blood Shaman nerf because I hated that other people took it out of keyword. I felt like I was being stolen from. Yeah. Um, you being the purist that you are, you being like taking my boy out of keywords. One hundred percent. Straight up, the reason why Inhuman uh, Reflexes yeah. got yeah. nerfed. Yes, no, no. I, I am personally responsible <laughs> for the Inhuman Reflexes nerf. I just, uh, I remember, LVO. like, I remember, like, yes. two or three years ago, Dixon was like, I played against Andre, and he just laser killed whatever he wanted. Yep, <laughs> he, just, yep, yep, yep. he had like ten focus, and I just couldn't yep. do it. <laughs> that was the Titania game that I was telling you about. Later on, when I got a little bit better, then we played Nakima versus Pandora, and that was like one of the best Pandora mm-hmm. games I've ever had. Yeah, that was a yeah. rough one. <laughs> yeah, no, she doesn't like Pandora. Like, if I don't have, like, a ton of concealment, Pandora just... Yeah. I, I mean, you're hitting her with my own sword. Like, oh, obviously, yeah. that's oh, going to yeah. go Take well. seven. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but exactly. But, like, uh, uh, to, to uh, mention one thing about Nephilim and, and Nakima, because uh, before I forget, mm-hmm. uh, one cool trick that I learned was the Cavern Nephilim, because I was playing uh, Castore, and I noticed that their gun teleports them. And I used mm-hmm. that literally to create chaos, basically, in the, in the middle of an enemy crew. I forgot who he was playing, but I remember that I shot him with a gun, teleported to where he was with the stupid thingy, and moved his... Uh, his uh, I didn't even attack after that. I just, like, moved the marker behind his line again. And it just threw him for a loop. I don't know if that's a thing <laughs> that you've looked into or if it's getting any good. 
Uh, they did win me the game, will... but you know that's a different story. Right. Uh, and that sounds like a, a worthy use for them, especially since the the weakness of not being able to interact while engaged is dealt with in Carve. Uh, I think that's actually a very good place for Cavern Nephilim. Um, I think for me, just because A, I'm a keyword purist, and B, I play what I know. When when in doubt, I play ah, what I know. Okay. So like, if if I'm if but I'm they like, are in keyword no, no, for you. They are in keyword well, for me, but I, they're new yeah. models. And so like, here's the thing: they're in the same pay grade as Mature Nephilim, and I've been using Mature Nephilim since before the game was done being written as Third Ed. So like, I'm real used to those things. And so, the issue is, is like, I could put time in to try and learn how to use Cavern Nephilim super effectively. And I'm not saying that they're bad because I think there are certain places that they have a lot of value. Um, it's just that most of the time when I'm reaching for a Cavern Nephilim to do something in theory, I can do that in practice just as well with a Mature. Um, and that one extra stone cost for the reliability in terms of how I feel about the model is worth a lot. I mean, let's be honest. You can, the, I think the Cavern Nephilim is a very good option to grow someone up into. Yeah. Yeah. If you already have a young who's like, what am I going to be, Dad? And you're like, well, I already got two matures. Might as well. Um, I, love I mean, to be fair, if that's happening, you're having a good day. I game. love that yeah. idea. Holy crap. I don't even think about yeah. that. That is, that's a thing that you can like, do. Because you used to have to wait until a mature died, and now you can be like, oh, well, I guess why not no. two mature and a cavern? Do whatever you feel like, man. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I th I, yeah, I'm not saying that Cavern Nephilim don't have their place. I, I, once again, it kind of comes back to Broodmother for me uh, in the same vein, where like other people have had great success with Broodmother, and I'm not saying that they're wrong or stupid. I just haven't had those kinds of opportunities. Oh, you're going to say, but they're wrong and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That, I want so badly to be good at Broodmother. I would love to be able to just continue to windmill slam Nakima regardless of context, because I feel I like Broodmother does do some things yeah. that Nakima 1 yep. doesn't. Um, I'm working. I'm working on that stupid list, and you know my stupid lists find a weird way of working out sometimes. I I I I hold the hold the torch for you, but I I'm open um, to it. But with uh, that I'm, I'm disappointed that the top. No, I haven't seen anyone make the top bomb list work, and mm. so I'm going to make the top bomb list work. Come hell or high water, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen drop from above declared. Like it's built in on one at least one model, and I've it's never built seen... in on Youngs and Black Blood Shaman. <laughs> Not once have I seen that trigger to That's clear. just some grotesque image. I am right dropping I'm bringing the dogs. Babies. I'm loving this. Oh no, no, I'm not even bringing the top. I'm bringing the dogs because they're Wait, cheaper. Nephilim have dogs. They're yeah, oh, no, no, I, I know about them. I'm just yeah, yeah, being yeah. patrol on Yeah, dude, it's like nobody ever uses them because they're so bad. They're so, They're so bad. bad. But, but are they decent as a way to go, hey, Young is going to take this, fly up, drop it on your face, and you're going to kill it giving me a course marker to eat. So here is my take. Dogs, is gonna theoretically, even just, you know, we're, we're swinging for the bleachers on usefulness. Dog's highest purpose is to die to give Nakima one an extra attack. That is literally the coolest thing they could do. Um, but I, you know, or you can drop him as a bomb for one extra damage, baby. That uh, was pretty, that was a hey, wicked doll you could have. Have we gotten Andre's bad pick yet? No, we haven't We've gotten to his. Look what you yeah, did, Nixon. We hit his nerves. His nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm making that stupid list though. I'm right, I'm gonna so run this thing. It's gonna be what is your, delightfully yeah, stupid. Yeah, what is your bad pick? What strategy are we talking about again? Carpet path. Um, Carpet path. <laughs> I'm kind of picking it 
to annoy Dixon and mostly picking it because I feel like it's actually right. It, it's Pandora. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong there because it's like AP it efficiency just, is not. Yeah, a that's game. what I'm saying. It's not like you can hand out you can hand out fast to a model of choice, and that's real neat. Or multiples with candy, but like at the end of the day that trick is just like mimicking fly with me or some other like leap or uh an obey with gives you fast this might anyway be the one where lucius is actually better than pandora oh he is he <laughs> yeah. is strictly better than pandora yeah yeah, yeah. well uh well, I mean, he can change say, links hey, actually are great for running it yeah change links if you can just like uh nerfed by your side into a perfect position and then they can literally interact with the front of it, kick it six inches and then take the hand to move the other three inches. That gets them just within range to kick it again. Yeah. And it's like pretty good. Um, you're still playing Lucius. So like, good luck, but <laughs> it is an effective way to kick the can. Uh, whereas at the end of the day, Pandora doesn't really have anybody who kicks cans efficiently. No, not um, in key. So it's not, yeah. I mean, exactly. she does have access to yeah. No, no, <laughs> exactly. again, yeah. it's not in keyword. And if I'm playing first, the, yeah. the puppet list with, with Pandora, that's kind of sad, to be honest. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, like, and you can you can run it. Like, Carpet Path isn't, like, unwinnable if you just don't tech right. for it. But as far as, like, crews, they're, like, kind of bad at it for what they could be doing. I think Pandora is I feel, I feel like Pandora, if she played Carve, would be like, I'm going to make you as miserable as possible and make it hard for you to do the strategy, and I'll see if I can win a 2-1 game. Yep. Yeah, you, you you can try that kind of stuff. Like I haven't, you know, like put my nose to the grindstone and try to make it work. I could see that happening, but like at the end of the day, like why? Carver path markers are annoying for you to kick. They generate concealment, which is her least favorite, um, and she doesn't have the AP efficiency to really run it. So Pandora is yep. my yep. bad at carve pick. All right, Doug, what are your go tos for carve? So uh, carve, I once again will agree with uh, Andre with uh, Zoraida. Um, I, I don't have as many reps in with Zoraida 2, so the railgun thing, I'm like, oh yeah, Tell that's an nice. awesome idea, but I don't think I've played Zoraida 2 in Carve a Path, so mm. I haven't gotten to try that yet. But, I mean, uh, she get a Zoraida 1, gives lots of extra action, and as you were saying, action efficiency is big in this, um... Cillarids. Cillarids in the first mate. <laughs> Cillarids in the first mate because they I mean, they leap on a three. And the, well, I mean, not first mate. Uh, I don't remember. On what a three. three it's a three of masks. But does he, he doesn't yeah, exactly. have the mask right. built in anymore, right. though, right? Yeah. But I mean, the Cillarids have got the mask built in and they, he leap, and they leap on a three. They got stealth and they've got butterfly jump. So that's kind of. So the picking off the scheme runner from afar tends to be, you know, the go-to way to deal with it. Well, you can't see uh, see them from afar, and if you do take a shot at them, they can butterfly jump. But that, you know, kick-leap-kick combo is just awesome with the Cillarids. Yep. And um, you get a lot more actions. And hell, if you're doing the Zoraida, you know, railgun thing there, yeah, there's that. But I still think a Zoraida one has some uh, juice into this one, too. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, I know. Are you gonna say Barkus again? Can, yeah, it's gonna be Barkus, of course. And for the reason I did of try to ban Barkus, I'm just saying. I did attempt. Maybe just for Doug purely. <laughs> he didn't pick yeah, them on all yeah. four. To be fair. Yeah. To be fair, bans only uh, bans affect. No, I, I did pick Barkus. Yeah, you did. Four. 
<laughs> but you know that that's how I roll. But I mean, he's got access to the cats, which also have the kick yep, leap yep. kick. Plus, then they've got deadly pursuit. I yeah. I, I mean, I, I can and disagree. So, with it. Literally, the logic with Barkas is super solid. And mm-hmm. I mean, with that, honestly, with I with both Zoraida and with Marcus. You don't. Ju- you're not just thinking about your own markers. You're also going, okay, where are they kicking theirs? Sweet, I'm going to kick mine directly towards theirs because then while I'm busy kicking mine, I'm also going to see. Steal now theirs. you're thinking like Pete, and that's dangerous. Yep. <laughs> well, and so, I mean, there's there's that it, there's there's a point in each carve game that I think a lot of people just generally miss, but because I think everybody's so focused about kicking their can that they don't realize they can put it in a bad position. And if you can kidnap their marker and then swing mm-hmm. it like to your other, like where your beefy part of your crew is, you can really make it where you just deny two points for the whole game. Well, mm-hmm. and the, one of those, those cats are the beefy part of your crew. Mm-hmm. They're move, they're move six. Hell, a lot of times they'll have wings and be move seven. So I will, you know, kick, leap, kick, deadly pursuit, uh, and like a lot of times, uh, you know, turn one, I mean, that's across yep. the center line and then I'm lining up where I'm like, okay, where are, where did they kick their marker? So I'm kicking my marker straight towards that marker. So then I can deadly pursuit and I'm going to kick, I'm going to leap and I'm going to kidnap your marker. <laughs> and what are you going to do about it? You're yeah. going to come at me and I'm going to butterfly yep. jump away. That's not much you can do. Yeah. If you, if you can have a model that can score your points, but also terrorize the carved marker for your opponent. That's always what you want to be doing. I do want to point out a special recommendation before we get into the uh, bad one. Uh, this is one of the, the the missions that I would pick uh, uh, Dreamer 2. This is actually one of the missions. Mm. He's pretty mobile. Because yeah, Dreamer 2 tends to be able to pop in and out of existence if you actually know how to play the, the hand manipulation well enough. And I actually absolutely love that, plus some of the models that you can actually get uh, to push the can. So this is my pick. I do have an interesting question for you, Doug. When So what would you see either in a matchup or on the board that would cause you not to pick Marcus in GG3? Mm. Obey Masters. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't know that until after... Uh, after right, the well, now, well. if I'm going into an Obey Master, then I mean, laugh. I, I, you know, got bears. Laugh off. Laugh off doesn't yeah, stop. Obey okay. gets around that. Obey gets around that. Mm-hmm. I've been playing that totally wrong with the fucking lead line coats. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it sucks. Nerf lead. Nerf the coats. Nerf the coats. I, is what buff I say. the yeah. the riot gear. Literally both. Like like nerf one, buff the other. Nerf, nerf honestly. So take but, laugh off. Put that as the minion ability. But what? That's my but opinion, what would but. you? What would cause you not to bring Barkus if if you just you saw something you're like ah, I don't quite like that form. Um, what would cause me not to bring Barkus if I were loading him to someone else? Yeah, you could say nothing. I mean, I'm just curious. Um, I love Andre's uh, uh, like face. As soon as he said, it's like I need to listen to this. <laughs> he's like, "Yes, what, Doug? What lie? <laughs> well, I mean, so I mean, he's uh, <laughs> that whole his uh, mini gravity well around him is nasty. It is because you can't place there. He effectively always he always has cover. Mm-hmm. Um. He's got leap himself. I mean, you're just telling me more reasons why you'd bring him. Yeah, we're asking yeah. you when I'm, you I'm, I'm, I'm trying to come him. up with reasons why not to bring him. 
and I mean an obey master. I would also say that like if you're afraid, because that's really the key, is like, are you afraid that the person might bring one of your two big counters? I would say that like obey masters are a big counter, and I would say the other one are the oh my upgrades are useless or fell off because that's kind of an extension of why you don't like obey masters. Uh, yeah. Like a von Stuck would suck. A because your upgrades can fall off in the Stuck one, and two. Uh, well, they don't fall off. They're still there. Sure. I just don't. No, no. no they matter. What about a for Chimera Strike? That's the main reason why he's saying it. Matter That's for Chimera true. Strike, and I can you know for discard him for a positive flip and a suit. Does, and I use I do use that a lot. Does Barkus like seeing kind of uh, seeing Daw? I'm just kind of curious because Daw likes hitting upgrades. So Daw because he can't Bunch, place into Barkus because and that. terrifying. Right. Can't. Yeah. Daw and like uh, honestly. Daw and Von Stuck are two yep. hard yep. counters against a lot of the uh, Barkus stuff. Uh, I mean, Marcus in general, because, hey, oh, wait, you've already got an upgrade yep. on you. Sweet. And Ten Thunders. I get all of you the You don't want to fight against Ten Thunders, period, either. I I'm sorry. problems with them. Are we defining well, Ten Thunders as Shenlong 2? No, no, no. <laughs> Ten Thunders. Okay, oh, so right, Shenlong, by a, as a master, has the upgrade blanking thing. But the faction itself has... Uh, some terrifying, some anti-healing, some anti-placement as well, and some uh, anti. Uh, what you call it? Demise. 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 So yeah, they have they have I, a lot of good. I just tech. feel in general, it's hard to be a great ten thunder player. Like an average ten thunder player, like yeah, it's going to be a good game. Yeah. But I feel like the best ten thunders players are ridiculously good at counter. Joro Gumo is a really great counter by itself against Chimera. So, so the only time Doug won't maybe play Marcus is against Rezzers, it sounds like. <laughs> maybe against Rezzers. But, I mean, honestly, then, most of the time, it's like, I'm just bringing this kind of shit because I can. And in those games, we're not running at you. We're running away from you. We're running around mm. you. Fair. And you can they can generally outpace most uh, crews. Oh, yeah, it's like they're fast and they do have some tech to, you know, hey, we got wings, we'll fly over shit and we'll butterfly jump away, or we're stealth and you can't see us. Okay. So there is some of that. So what's your uh, what's your bad pick into Carve, uh, if you have one? I would say Euripides. Okay. Um, the, the reason being is that Euripides really does like those pillars and his people like the ice pillars and... Um, the uh, carve markers get rid of those pillars, and so I mean, in general, um, marker masters don't like carve a path. I would say Titania is okay with it because she can just get so much underbrush out there that you're not clearing it all out with the carve markers. Mm. But Euripides is not as great at getting those ice pillars out there and losing them. Feels bad. Okay. Well, I think it goes back to action economy as well, where I think Euripides wants to be doing stuff with the ice pillars. And mm. now that you have to take actions away to then also push this stuff, mm. it, it, it feels bad when you're playing that kind of crew, I think. I and think his so. crew isn't super fast. Yeah. And they're, and they're and all these so fat bases too. They're, yeah. they're all, they're on these 50 mil bases. And so it could be very easy for someone to steal your marker and kick it somewhere that your model can't fit to get through to in an easy way. Make room for Fanny. Fanny's coming through. And so it really, uh, I think, now, could he find ways to get around it? Yeah, 
but I think the he has to work harder than he yeah. should to get this one done. And there's so many other uh, masters better that options. Just have better action efficiency. Fair. Yep. Where you know if you got you know your kick leap kick or your rail guns or deadly pursuits yep. or actions outside of your activation, that is really what you need to do with Carve a Path. And Euripides does not excel at the speed and action economy to deal with the path markers. Okay. And then it also breaks his pillars. All right. So I think we got a good rundown of kind of like the strategies. And I'm definitely hearing some things that are that are good with the faction. And I just wanted to kind of wrap this talk up with just in general looking at Gaining Grounds 3, how neverborn is performing from what you guys have seen you both play in tournaments a lot or at least doug you run a lot um and then obviously there's the vassal community so i'm just kind of curious like how you think that not only how are they in your play style but generally how do you see neverborn doing in gaining grounds three online there is a dedicated cadre of aggressively mid neverborn players um and our win rate has been terrible Terrible. 48%. It's just, it's sad. Mm. Um, so, like, there are technically, like, especially if you go to the, what you call it, the stats website. It's escaping Long me. Shanks. Moment, I, but, I got it uh, up right now. Thank you. I'll give you guys a thank you. link. But for me, I have always, I think the real issue is for why I feel like we're doing really poorly is that all of the, the dedicated Neverborn stands when we had strength and power in GG0 and GG1. Uh, we're happy to be in the faction, and then when Malifaux Burns hit, I think Neverborn really fell behind, uh, and we haven't really recovered. Like, we got some neat stuff, but we got stuff that counted us. Like, literally, Broodmother released the same wave as the Metallurgist, and that's just <laughs> the biggest <laughs> slap in the face. Um, and so there's stuff like that, where there's, and, like, there's a lot of armor, there's a lot of terrifying, there's a lot of stuff where, and Neverborn just still really don't have answers to those, and there's just more and more of it coming out. Like, Cavalier nearly universally has armor in some factor, one way or another. If they don't, they're taking coats. So, like, at the end of the day, um, I think Neverborn, I view Neverborn as a very weak faction because of it, and it's part of why I left. Like, I've become, uh, I mean, I went on a Damien crusade for a few months, but for the most part, I've been a Maxine main ever since, because um, she's super fun and I love her, but she actually has, like, answers to things, which is a wild and foreign concept to Neverborn. <laughs> um so to me we have not been doing very well i do know that um there have been people that have been getting podiums with everyone so like you know we're not just like getting shut out or anything sure um and you know i thankfully malifo is damien aside a game where player skill is the most important skill matters variable. yeah is the most important variable to determine whether or not yep. you win um because well, that's you know, that's the design of a good game in general is just is the better player going to win most of the time? Yes. If um, the answer is yes, good. And to its credit, Malifaux certainly does that. I have a win under my belt as Lucius won into Perdita too. What like, a there's just There are things that you can do to make it work. Um, is it a matchup I recommend? No. But the fact remains that like player skill is the most important thing. But the number one win rate overall, I think, is uh, declining with the new stuff coming out. We keep getting the short end of the stick. Yeah, Doug, you kind of gave us the meh kind of like, looked like middle of the road kind of thing. Middle of the road. So I, I'm looking at these statistics that uh, Dixon shared with us here. And 
there's a lot of interesting stuff with it there is that they have the most games played but they them. have oh more than 200 games played more than the next closest yeah, faction that's crazy. i mean the our best master shocked me to my core when i looked at it but then i went ahead and thought about the vassal thing that we talked about earlier that's the reason why i wanted to mention it at the beginning of the episode but it's if you look mm-hmm. at it who is it doug who's our best master lucius 2 <laughs> not lucius 1 well lucius 2 is decent no, no, Lucius but wants... there's a reason for it, and we've said it before in the cast. Lucius doesn't really play his keyword. Even Lucius, too, right. doesn't play his keyword. He plays super friends, and then he has a couple of lawyers or, or a single lawyer and some other stuff. And he's our right. highest win rate ma- master right now, which is, it blew my mind when I read it. Well, and I think that there's something to be said for because when you look at stats like that, you have to keep in mind that it, it's all tiers, right? You're getting high, mid, and low. And the more popular masters are going to be brought more, but that includes mid to lower level players. So I can see that, you know, I wouldn't say that Lucius II is the best master, but I think because people are usually bringing him in spots where he actually plays well, that they're, they're winning those games because he fits in that pool or that matchup very well. But, yeah, it is interesting to see that he's up there. I, I think it's also interesting looking at these stats that we have more draws than anyone else. Hmm. Like, significant, like, we, you know, if you look at the number the percentage of, three, of draws yeah, there, yeah, it's kind of staggering because most of them are like, okay, yeah, they're right on this. But suddenly, everyone's got a big spike in what it, that they're drawing a lot. Hmm. And I think that is... Okay, maybe they're not great at uh, denial. I think yeah, that's the, a good point. The difference between you know a tight win and a tie is being better. At and denial. actually, we did talk about that quite a bit in, in this episode. That we just don't have answers. We we deal with things as they mm-hmm. are. And I, I, think I think I agree with to... Doug. You that, that they they definitely I think in a lot of times their best counter is just model removal and then it's just kind of like well that model's annoying Can't i need to kill it head. did you kill it yes or you no said death condition best condition yeah death yeah. is the best cc death yeah. is the best condition. now and uh, it's one of the other reasons why like i said i play uh neverborn marcus a lot is that they are they adjust on the fly because it's hey we and got these upgrades they're mobile they adjust on the fly by saying oh Okay, what do I need in this particular situation? Okay, I'm going to get this upgrade out there. And that does fix... I mean, they don't have armor ignoring with those condition, with those uh, upgrades. But by being able to say, Okay, I've got a gun line. Sweet, you need camouflage today. Oh, hey, they want to charge me? Well, I guess you need camouflage. Have you, or uh, they get armor. Have you painted that new model yet, Doug? The Marcus II? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You're going to have to send, send me some pictures of that because... I know you oh, did a bang up job with that, and if if people oh, don't know, Doug does uh, streaming painting for Weird. So if you see some of those links, Doug does some uh, really cool jobs with those models. Here you go. I'll drop this in the, the chat. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah, and um, I think the counter thing is the big thing. Like you have a lot of good players that play Neverborn, but just if skill if skill is equal in those matchups, I think tech just kind of wins out sometimes. Where it's just like. Cool, I'm playing Zip with 12 cups of coffee. Your schemes are gone now. Your scheme markers are gone. Yep. Yeah. Well, and 
the it's kind of a, a self compounding issue uh, in that like good players play good stuff. Uh, so when the good players stop playing Neverborn, uh, the only thing you have left are the bad players, and also the reason that they left Neverborn is that it, Neverborn is bad. So you have bad players being bad stuff, uh, and it quickly declines. Yeah, uh, Doug, why are you bringing all this bad stuff? <laughs> I mean, Marcus <laughs> remains the exception, and I unironically believe it's because it's an Arcanist alloy. It's fair. Well, well, I mean, he was he was Arcanist, and then he's like, no, my mountain in the mountains, like, okay. Sure. I mean, I- yeah, Doug, that model looks great, by the Honestly, way. Honestly, oh yeah, Thanks. that that I don't know if you saw me like what the like I, that was me looking at Marcus Alpha. But uh, going going yeah. a little bit into the statistics, I don't see Sarita at all in the Neverborn, and even in Bayou, she's like meh, like she's like towards the bottom with forty seven percent rate. So yeah, but see, she's the problem with Zoraida is you need reps to know right, how right, to right. with well, her. That's actually that's, that's what I'm, I'm trying to get to. Like this is a theory based on what you guys have said because it makes sense. Uh, what you mm-hmm. said, I think it's just the player quality is different. It's lower to not. I'm not trying to be in. Oh my god, it's so hard to say. But you know you. You understand. Nixon just said, yeah. "Never born players suck." No, 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 no I think <laughs> a lot of, of the good players left the faction, mm-hmm. and we kept a whole bunch of the fans. Like I personally, if I was competitive, I'd probably be playing Bayou too. And I know that that seems a little bit sad because that's funny. Well, it's because I, I find I really, really believe that in this GG, Bayou has better tools. And that mm. seems sacrilege. And that doesn't mean that I don't love playing Pandora and Tur- uh, Titania. It's just I can play Sorida and Bayou, and I have other masters like Ma that I can play instead. Yeah, Bayou's in a pretty so, good spot right yeah, now. Yeah, so to recap, I think what Andre and Doug said about good players leaving is actually huge. It's it's probably the big biggest reason why Neverborn is not doing well right now. Well, and. Honestly, if I think of like factions that draw casuals and there's not, we have a lot of just normal come to play every week kind of players that listen to this podcast. Cause obviously I wouldn't consider myself a a high end player. I'm kind of high mid player, but anyways, if you look at like, Hey, what is a casual or a new player going to play when they get into the game? I would say Neverborn is probably the biggest faction in attracting new players. I would have said Rezzers and Bayou. We got well, some cool if you like models. undead stuff, Rezzers are really good. But just the monsters and the cool sculpts yeah. of Neverborn, I just the, think there's a lot there. The games played supports that theory. Yeah, but we are the most popular. We're not good, but <laughs> we are the poker children. Okay, I think I think that is a. We play a lot of games, though. I, I, I completely yeah. forgot about that statistic itself. We do have the largest amount of games. So that means we do have the largest yeah. amount of players. That is not wrong. Yeah, I mean, how many... Listen, I've listened to a lot of podcasts about Malifaux, and I've interviewed a lot of people talking about Malifaux. And I would say the amount of people that have joined the game because they see models like Dreamer, and they see, like, Euripides, and they see, you know, all these other cool, like, you know, Nakima yeah. models... I'd say that's significantly higher than a lot of that other is, That is fair. Dreamer has been getting people into the games for 12 years now. Yeah, Dreamer is just a cool concept. I think that's just, that's one keyword where people hear 
you know, the fluff of that model yeah. and they look at the models themselves yep. and the idea of summoning these nightmares and these daydreams and whatnot. Yep. And people just love the idea of it. It's not even if it's good. All I want is for them to undo the nerf where you have to like discard whatever number of cards at the end of your turn. <sighs> they have to keep it in. Even playing more choppy bits where it still sticks. <sighs> It's so good. So giving giving Dreamer one back that edge, dude. Oh, I mean, gosh. I just, just based off of how many people draw cards right now, please just undo that one. And I don't, I don't even play Dreamer, <laughs> but every time I play against Dreamer lately, it just feels like he's playing with an arm tied behind his back. Yeah, that is the problem I think with models that got nerfed back in like GG zero and one is mm-hmm. now after Burns and Madness came out, it's kind of like. Was that stuff really that broken compared to some of the stuff we're dealing with now? Yeah, it wasn't necessary. I unfortunately have to agree with it. So here's my here's my take on the Dreamer nerf. The I remember right before it got nerfed, I played a game into pre-nerf Nexus. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's so gross, so stupid. However, comma playing Dreamer into pre-nerf dreamer one into nexus is a walk in the park because they're like oh dude i'm gonna get you to make like 20 duels a turn and you're like sick i can't flip below 14 and like there (laughs) there is just such a cracked power behind that where it's like every duel you're like all right cool you cheat first because my card's higher like that is so so oppressive i don't feel bad though because nexus was such cancer Oh, it was. You know, that it felt real, real good doing it to a Nexus player. But at the end of the day, like if that if that is the kind of power you get yeah, out no of the deck, that's fair. It's just like ah, I don't know about that. However, I think I did see a game where Andre played against maybe it was Plog or something, and they were playing uh, Nexus, and you tried to just truck Nakima into it, and just got stonewalled and kind of wrecked in that game. Oh gosh, no, it was Plag. It was, and that was literally to showcase being unable to do anything of value into nexus yeah. uh it was like cool everyone knows me i'm really gonna keep a player here's me trying to beat next <laughs> and i just immediately get slapped brick walled like cool you missed one attack you yep. lose like all right game nice. blouses uh, that's it was it blouses bitches <laughs> I'm, and i'm not even swearing that much on the podcast anymore that's how bad it was <laughs> uh, yeah uh well, I mean, the the one nerf that you know I'm okay with keeping because it was kind of a buff for uh, Chimera was the uh, taking butterfly jump off of Inhuman reflexes, mm-hmm. and giving it scamper because then I can it, it felt bad you can to benefit you know, from both. It, yeah. Well, it heavy. I the models I tended to put Inhuman reflexes on in Chimera, I tended to also put wings on. Fair. And you can't butterfly jump twice. No, but now you but can. But you can scamper. butterfly jump and scamper, and it's hilarious. I play Sarida, so I have first mate. I know exactly how that feels too. <laughs> That's uh, good. But on two inch reach, though, oh, it's so crack. Yeah. So well, it's delightful to put it onto the bear. You put the wings on the bears. It's mm. like, oh, hey. I hate them. Yeah, so, so much. if you if you have a player in your meta that because I think you can be competitive with Neverborn. I don't think that oh, yeah. they're terrible and you're really, you know, playing something underpowered. I think you just need to recognize your weaknesses and your strengths and play accordingly. But I will say, especially talking about bringing new players into the game, mm-hmm. I think if you have somebody that one loves kind of like big gnarly monster models and if they're especially 
specifically if they're like really artistic and really love painting yeah. i think this neverborn range is some of the best models in the game bro the iconic uh, titania holy shit oh yeah i'm gonna paint it up for dixon yeah, Pete showed me a picture of it it was just like oh my god this thing is beautiful well, the, hell, the iconic dreamer. I love that. That one. model looks I mean, cool. I was kind of sad to send that off to a to a listener because it looks man. cool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Actually, I think Photon's the one that got it. He's not in the chat right now, but Photon well, got and, that and sent to him. Something I love with that is you can then say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to use no, the didn't. big version of it as a teddy, and use the other, the little version of it as the dreamer himself." Yeah. And the Rotten Harvest, like, sculpts for uh, Neverborn are super good. Mm. Uh, yeah, I would say the only the only Rotten Harvest that is equivalent or maybe even better now is the Young Frankenstein stuff coming out for Rezzers. That looks cool. So I'm going to say that, honestly, the Dia de los Muertos um, I, yep, just pick those up. has done a lot to recruit um, new players to the game. I know at least three new players in Texas who, yeah, who have picked it up. Uh, Houston, maybe yeah, 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 all, yeah, they haven't made it out to tournaments yet, mm. but they've been, you know, making it out to the uh, casual play on Thursday nights. Or, you know, hell, some of the uh, employees at Dragon's Rear is like, hey, man, I'm just getting these because I want to paint them up. And Doug, you're going to teach me how to play when I actually get a Thursday night. And I'm like, sweet. Well, and so and it uh, helped. It, it got Chrissy back to painting. Nice. Wow. Now she wasn't gonna play, but she, you know, reached out <laughs> like, "Hey, she she needed some bases, and so sent her some bases." She was picked up the Dia de los Muertos crew to paint that up, and like she hadn't touched a brush in years. Well, I think we can all agree that not just Neverborn, but when Malifaux models are painted and on the table, mm. it really draws the attraction of. A lot of people in the store. I had D&D people coming up to me on Monday, and they're like, man, what game is this? This These are like super sick models. <laughs> yeah. I don't... And I know D&D people who've picked up the models to use them for D&D that... models. Yep. Well, I actually yeah. told them, I was like, hey, they have a you know RPG version of yep. this. And Pathfinder. Pathfinder is huge into Ooh. like having models that are Malifaux because they can use guns in, in Pathfinder. Yeah. So, literally, it translates so well to have some of these models just you pick them from uh, from Malifaux and just put them in the game. Mm. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, do some uh, quick plugs here. Doug, I know you got some things. Yeah. So coming up uh, October 13th through the 15th, we've got the Lone Star Fodown Malifaux GT. I know that, you know, three of the four people in this uh, uh, podcast today will be there. Is, and, but, is you know, Andre, not, actually, Andre not going? I'm going to use this as a way to promote it. <laughs> yeah. So Andre will not be there. So now is your chance to come to Texas and not have to defeat Andre, Andre how is, to get to the podium. Dixon's from Puerto Rico. How is the Puerto Rico aficionado going to make it, but you're not? So uh, a great event. Uh, my second child is due on October 18th. Oh, congratulations. And I can't give you too much crap there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great news. One acceptable. That's the only acceptable. That and somebody dying. To go to Houston. (laughs) It's the one acceptable excuse you can plan ahead for. Yes, exactly. There's other acceptable excuses, but it's the one acceptable excuse you can say, hey, a couple months out. 
But yeah, so um, Lone Star Throwdown, Malifaux GT. We are working to make it the largest event in the country. And we had 26 players the first year we ran it, which was crazy. Uh, you can get your tickets now at uh, LoneStarFoDown.com slash events. Uh, and if you register before August 25th, you will get a custom Lone Star Foedown fate deck that we are, that uh, by we, I mean me, that I have actually uh, did the art for to, uh, yeah. That's awesome. Entice them in. Yeah, that's right. Yes, and it's it seems to be working so far, getting more early registration than before. Yeah, yeah 14 that's, great. that's a great idea. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've wanted to do it for a long time. I love custom Fate decks. I mean, Fate decks to Malifaux players are like dice to literally oh, yeah. every other game. Well, we used to do custom dice for the podcast, but obviously now I'm not doing dice games, so um, mm. nix that, and I'm... I talked to an artist about it, but we'll see if anything comes about that. But it's so much more expensive. There's it just is. a lot more expenses involved in making a deck. And since I'm an artist myself, mm-hmm. I don't have to pay someone else to do it. <laughs> so that's a cost saved. And then, of course, you have uh, the podcast there, Doug. Yes. So I do the uh, Students of Conflict podcast. So, uh, yeah, Students of Conflict on anywhere that you find podcasts. Um, And we are, kind of our theme is trying to help everyone become better better Malifaux players one game at a time. We go and we talk to players who uh, podiumed at tournaments and talk about one game in their journey and what lessons they learned from it. Uh, Andre has been on many, many times. <laughs> um, he was kind of almost a, he was like the unofficial host when we launched this thing, honestly, <laughs> but it's, it's been going really well. been getting a lot of f- great feedback on it. And, um, yeah, I, I've learned a lot by doing it and it's a, just a great way to level your game up, whether you're a new player or a mid tier player or a top tier player. That's kind of what we're aiming for, is to just learn the lessons from the game. Hmm. Yep, definitely worth checking out. Uh, I like how they zoom in on one matchup and they kind of discuss why they picked it and lessons learned and things like that. Uh, what about you, Andre? Anything you need to share or anything uh, you care to tell us? Uh, other than being excited for my uh, second baby girl coming in October, uh, forcing everyone to be able to have a chance at uh taking the houston gt crown for me and, and actually let's be real brian brower has it brian won last yeah, year he did. But yeah, yeah brian yeah. has the biggest hat currently. he does he just currently have the biggest hat uh and you know long may the god Empress rain i don't have anything else to plug cool all right well i think with that being said it was great talking about all this neverborn stuff definitely Hey, apparently everybody has to play Barkus now. It, it just make making a making it around in the tournament scene. But uh, yeah. until next time, make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we'll see.